Hey, Dougie. Hey, Kev. You know what's better than one movie review on one brew over the cuckoo's nest? Nah. <laughs> Two movies? I was thinking six. Six? Can we? That's do, crazy. Can we do six movie reviews in under an hour? That's going to be tough. Do you want to try it? Let's do it. Well, let's start the clock. Welcome to One Brew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Every week, we talk about film. Sometimes films I like. There's a flip side to that coin. What if you do got me boxed in and I got to put you down? And sometimes films I like. Films that inspire creativity. Films that inspire hope. I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum, and then I'm going to build things. Films that take you to a place you never knew existed. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Sometimes films that are just entertaining. Now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. We hope that when you listen to us, you walk away with a new idea, a new perspective, or at least you have a good time. All right, Dougie. Yeah. As our intro suggests, you and I are going to try and cover six movies. Three from you, three from me. All right. Uh, the, end of the, the end of the year is approaching. We have been to the movies lately. We haven't been to the same movies lately. We're trying to get our bases covered. Yeah, uh, it's going to be six different movies. You're going to do three and I'm going to do three, right? That's right. All right. Uh, I think uh, I, this is like... It's it's basically a microbrew episode where yeah you're gonna have three movies I'm gonna have three movies and we're gonna see uh, we're gonna see what we can do that sounds good uh, and hopefully our listeners enjoy the variety as opposed to the in depthness that's right um, we'd always love to hear your feedback I certainly would but uh why don't you get started sure pick, pick your um, first movie <coughs> well I think I'm gonna go. Uh with a movie I watched uh, the other day with my wonderful bride, we watched uh, A Beautiful Day. Ah, in the yes. Tom it, Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Hey, I'm looking for Fred Rogers in here. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Please, won't you be my neighbor? Hello, neighbor. Can't beat Tom Hanks. Really can't. And he was, in my mind, perfect for this role. Was he? Right. I want to see it so bad. Well, and you really should see it. Um, I personally think everyone should see it. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if everybody would like it or not, but it's got a message in there for humanity that is uh, long overdue. Um, and it stars, of course, Tom Hanks. Uh, and then, but not to be outdone, Matthew Reese uh, is, plays a, a gentleman by the name of Lloyd Vogel. And uh, the movie... You, if you go into it expecting it to be a full-on Mr. Rogers with a 
soft, quiet voice and the puppets and everything, uh, you'll be surprised because the movie is really in, in well, it's really more about uh, uh, Mr. Rogers' uh, relationship with a, with a writer who is assigned to do a story on him and in the in the movie he's assigned to do it because he tends to be kind of a cynical guy a lot of uh, a lot of deep personal problems mm. and he has been writing a lot, a lot of negative stuff and he he's like you're kidding what is this like a punishment that I'm going to go see Mr. Rogers and uh so he goes and uh he interviews him and he begins to change he begins to realize that Mr. Rogers is the real deal. And Fred Rogers is, is a person who deeply cares about people. And, and, and as a line in the movie, which I think is in the, uh, in the previews of it, it says, uh, you, you care about broken people like me. Mm. And it becomes evidently clear that he does. Um, it's tough to do this movie justice, but Mr. Rogers is someone that at, at one time or other, most people I know anyway have made fun of his voice and tried to imitate him. I certainly have. Sure. I'm ashamed of now. But uh, <laughs> he uh, was a good man trying to do good things. Um, and... If you watch this movie, what I like about this movie is his the way Fred Rogers cared about people and prayed about people. And when he was with you, that's all there was in the world to him. It was just you. He was apparently just an incredible listener. Hmm. You were the most important person in the world right at that moment. And uh, so it it is a story about the development of a friendship between these two people and the way uh, Mr. Rogers helped him. Interesting. Some, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm doing justice to the film, but... Yeah, uh, I think that that's a good, that's a good thing to point out because... Not this year, but last year there was a Mr. Rogers documentary that right. came out. Uh, right. Won't you be my neighbor? Is what I think it was called. Yes. And that was about Mr. Rogers and the show, and it, the the real Mr. Rogers and the real show and the struggles of the show, not necessarily the struggles ah, of his right. real life. Um, right. And that was that was a great documentary. Um, right. I have not seen it. But I want to. I tried to find it the other day and I believe couldn't. it's on Prime. Oh, okay. Uh so you might check it out there, I think. But but what you're saying is this isn't this isn't really about Mr. Rogers or the neighborhood. It's not necessarily about the show or Mr. Right. Rogers. It's about it's more about the reporter, correct? It's kind of a mix, yeah. And the relationship between these two guys. Yeah, it has very it's a little, little to do bit with... hard to describe, I hmm. think. Um, I think he did a good job. I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, he. I think what you said makes sense. He goes. He goes to interview Mr. Rogers, and, and Mr. Rogers is nothing like he expects. Mm. Um, he and, he's expecting the SNL version. 
Right. He's yeah. He's expecting Eddie Eddie Murray going. Eddie Murphy. I want to be in your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, it's 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 an interesting look at uh, Mr. Rogers and and what he cared about and and the way he conducted himself. Um, I've read a lot about him uh, since actually since watching that and the his his wife uh, who is still living his wife Joan is uh, 91 years old mm. now and, and actually was a kind of a consultant for the show sure. and uh, she says that he, he you know he was no saint right uh, that he but that one of the sh- things that this show doesn't point out is how funny he was oh you know, interesting. The silly things that he would do at home to crack people up and so so that's the story what like, was was there anything in the movie that stood out like as the as the movie goes like what was your favorite part of the movie my favorite part of the movie was the realization that if we all did that, if we all took the time to be completely present with whoever we're with at the moment mm. and to be able to see the good in everyone, the world will be a whole lot better place. And without getting too political, it's it's something we could really use right now. Yeah, Fred Rogers is dealing with this surge in popularity with the documentary last year, right. the Tom Hanks movie this year. And I heard this, uh, not a review, but I heard somebody on a podcast I'm listening to called Finding Fred about Mr. Rogers. Right. And they, they suggest it's a, a resurgent because of the world and its state right now. Right. Uh, aside from politics. Yeah. Just the way the world is right now, we could all use a little more good and a little mm. more humanity from each other. Right. My my uh my wife, also known as your mom, yes, I gave know me her. a T shirt that on it uh has become my favorite T shirt and it says <clears throat> it says be the good. Mm. Blended into uh I, f- I forget what the rest of it is, but right. it, but what part of it stands out when the highlighted part, it, the highlight says, part of it is be the good. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. What would you rate? Oh, I'm going to give this a five. <laughs> <laughs> is this a six-pack award, you think, Vernon? No, I don't think so. It okay. won't be the best movie of the year, but I will tell you, uh, the two main characters in, in the, the movie uh, are... They do a great job. Tom Hanks and Matthew Reese. Right. Um, also, just a, I guess a shout, shout out to since we're doing the movie is uh, Chris Cooper plays uh, Jerry Vogel, who is Lloyd Vogel's dad. And uh, let me guess, a he's nice. a scumbag. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Chris yeah, Cooper is. is a great scumbag. He is. He's a great. <laughs> you know, shout out to Chris Cooper. Yeah. He. You do it man. wrong. <laughs> he, he's such a good actor, especially in that role, that scummy yep, role. He's so yep, good. You got it right. And then there's Enrique, Enrico uh, Colantoni, who plays Bill Eisner, who's kind of uh, 
Mr. Rogers' protector. He's trying to protect him from this guy who has written some some mean spirited stuff. Gotcha. So interesting. That's about as much time probably as we want we're, to spend if we're, we're going right to do right on six, the ten so. minute mark. So that's oh, good. That's awesome. Uh, There's a Dougie, five for you. I liked that movie review. I liked it just the way it was. Sure. <laughs> Can you say marvelous? Okay, so I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna take that nice little piece of nostalgia Americana, and I'm just gonna destroy it. Sure. With my next, <laughs> with my next pick. This okay. is the new Netflix film directed by Noah Baumbach, starring Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, and it is called Marriage Story. What I love about Nicole, she is a mother who plays, really plays. What I love about Charlie, he loves being a dad. He loves all the things you're supposed to hate, like waking up at night. She knows when to push me and when to leave me alone. He never lets other people keep him from what he wants to do. Dad, you're too far. I know. It's not easy for her to close a cabinet. He's incredibly neat. She's brave. He's brilliant. She's He's very competitive. So I'll tell Charlie what's happening. And Cassie, you then... Two amazing actors and they are brilliant in this film uh they are so brilliant in this movie that it almost felt like you weren't watching a movie and you were watching this couple in real life just fall apart Hmm. and they titled they they i'm sure marriage story was a working title and they just forgot to change it i think it should have been called divorce story it is gut-wrenchingly terribly sad. It is... Ooh. That sounds like... It is not your cup of tea. (laughs) I can't imagine you watching this. Not even my cup of warm water. I can't imagine you watching this past the first three minutes. It is heartbreaking. But you do like to feel from your movies. It is so powerful and if you're in a marriage you relate to this couple not necessarily even if your marriage isn't in a bad place or a dark place even if it's in a good place you know the struggles that this couple is having and you just feel bad for them because you know they're not going to work it out and it's so it's terribly sad (laughs) but adam driver is uh is phenomenal yeah he's amazing uh he's amazing in everything yeah uh and scarlett johansson this is an a performance like she is so good in this she is not just the beautiful face uh she's a good actor in the first place she is a good actor and she nails this role as well uh there's a couple of also very good performances by some lawyers uh, Laura Dern, amazing. Huh. She plays this bulldog lawyer. Um, and they agree. I, I, Did you say this is a Netflix? It's on Netflix, yeah. Huh. Uh, and it's... She, they agree not to get lawyers, but she has a friend who says, look, you, you ought to just talk to my friend. She's a lawyer, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, Dern. Laura Dern, yeah. 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 And so she meets with Laura Dern, and Laura Dern really makes her feel seen and heard. Mm. And so she decides that 
they need lawyers. Uh, it's it's too complicated to do it without lawyers. Well, that surprises Adam Driver's character, Charlie. Right. And uh, they're living in two different places. He's in New York. She flies out to L.A. Uh, he's a theater director. She's an actress. Um, she flies to L.A. with their son. He it's, – it's very complicated. It's not complicated watching. The, the situation is very complicated. Right. Um. Anyways, she serves him. They agreed no lawyers. She gets a lawyer. Uh, so he has to get a lawyer. So he goes to Ray Liotta, another shout-out. All right. Who is a bulldog. Right. Equal to Laura Dern. They right. They hold he's no. He's played some tough characters. And he's tough in this, and they're yeah. brutal. And you're watching this, and you feel so uncomfortable. Um, huh. And so uncomfortable that Charlie – who doesn't hate neither of them hate each other that's another real aspect of this film is like you can tell they both care about the other person but the marriage is just not working right um and so he doesn't hire Ray Liotta and he goes to Alan Alda who is a lawyer right um mash Alan Alda yeah yeah my doppelganger looking very old now yeah. Um, as as I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, he looks old. Uh, and he's this gentle kind of teddy bear, and he's a, a really good uh, a family lawyer who who decided who Charlie decides to hire. Right. Um, and I think it's in the preview. But during one of their scenes, Laura Dern is is dragging or is wiping the floor with Charlie and Alan Alda's character in this mm. hearing. And they have a little sidebar. One of the best lines is, Alan Alda, who is Charlie's lawyer, says, you know, if I was representing you, I would probably go with this strategy. And Charlie goes, you are representing me. <laughs> um, it's a great little bit, but things don't work out. Or something else happens. I'm not going to spoil it. But he, right. he goes back to Ray Liotta. And huh. so there's some great courtroom scenes. That, and by great, I mean tension-filled disaster uh it's just you just watch this family you tell they you can tell they care about each other you can tell it's not working uh it, it wraps up enough it's one of those where it wraps up enough but doesn't leave oh, anything it's a quite thinker. uh the other thing i'll just say real quick uh Noah Baumbach is the writer-director, and he's a pretty prolific independent filmmaker. He's made things like uh, The Squid and the Whale, Francis Ha, which are pretty niche films. Mm -hmm. uh, his most recent, besides this one, is a movie also on Netflix called The Meyerowitz Stories, New and Selected. Mm. I loved that movie. I think I gave it maybe five stars. Uh, wow. It's got Dustin Hoffman, Adam Sandler... Uh, ben Stiller. What's the name again? The Meyerowitz Stories. Hmm. Uh, if you want to watch a good Noah Baumbach movie and Marriage Story sounds too heavy. It does. <laughs> go with the Meyerowitz <laughs> Stories. That's a lot of fun. Huh. It's about a a dad who's aging, basically. Dustin Hoffman plays the dad. Of, it's really good. But the one thing I notice about Baumbach is... Uh, I don't know how much improvisation improvisation yeah. is in his films, but if he is writing the dialogue, it is so real. 
you can you it's so real you don't know if it's a movie or not like it uh. almost seemed like a documentary yeah uh, it's very simple filmmaking single camera takes most of the time very little movement it's a lot of steady just shots of a room where two people are having a conversation right um really really well done uh i cannot recommend this to you dougie <laughs> you would not so it's well made then if uh if you follow through and watch all the best picture nominations you might be watching this anyways uh-huh. uh it it's that good it could be nominated for best picture interesting and it's how did he draw that kind of talent He's he's a good filmmaker, yeah. and his movies aren't they're independent, uh, by nature and budget mostly. It's not like they're, it's not like he's an unknown filmmaker. Uh, right. He gets a lot. He and his I think I don't know if they're together now, but his partner was, or, or is Greta Gerwig, hmm. uh, who directed Lady Bird, a couple years ago. She right. directed Little Women this year. That's coming out in a couple weeks. Hmm. Um, but yeah, marriage story. If you like relationship dramas, and I mean dramas, you should check this one out. All right. Uh, as far as ratings go, yeah, I'm giving it. I'm giving it a four. As much as I raved about it, there was a bit of it that was just a little too real. <laughs> if that oh, makes any sense. It was uh, it was almost to the point of being too real that it was unwatchable, almost. Wow. Uh, and as much praise as I give it and as much praise as it's deserved, I can't imagine watching this again. If I did, I could bump up, but it could bump down. It's an odd picture because of how terrifically done it is. And Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson are the reason well, they're amazing. That and the dialogue. Sure. The dialogue. Yeah. I, you, you'll have to watch it. I'd love to hear a listener's take on this movie particularly. Yeah. Just on on how real it is. It's just so. It's odd. It's very pe- peculiar. Hmm. Uh, and if it sounds interesting, I definitely recommend it. Say the name of it again. Marriage Story. All right. It's on Netflix. Very good. All right, Dougie, you're up. On to our. Third, right? Third, yeah. Okay. Well, <coughs> the other move that I watched without you <laughs> is Ford versus Ferrari. Ooh. How long have we known each other, Ken? I ever break a promise to you? I will put you in the driver's seat at Le Mans. If you just shut your mouth and let me do my thing. All right. Come here. Morning, Shelby. Morning, Molly. Up yours. I'll go to hell. And uh, it is another film that uh, I can highly recommend, actually. I've been picking some winners lately. Um, Ford versus Ferrari is a story of... uh, uh, done by James Mangold. It's a, it's a bit long, but it is the story of uh, Ford's chase, the Com- Ford Motor Company's chase to win uh, the 1966 Le Mans, the 24 Hours of Le Mans, 
which is an endurance race. Um, it's not a distance race. It's to see how many, basically how many laps you can do in, in 24 hours. Wow. And, how uh, and then, boring. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, no, not boring at all. The movie anyway, it's an amazing, uh, <coughs> amazing shots of the race itself. Um, it is, it is, you know, I'd have to say it's just, it's a bit of a sports movie. Okay. That was going to be my question is how much of it does it have to do with the racing? Uh, the racing is in, there's a lot, there's probably, there's probably an hour of actual racing. So wow. Then they meant to do it that way. Uh, and it's exciting. Um, even if you don't really know a lot or care a lot about auto racing, it's a good story. Uh, they've done. It's uh, in a sense. It's uh, it's David versus Goliath because Ferrari has been dominating the uh, the racing scene for so long, and Ford's basically fed up with it and wants to beat him. Uh, and <clears throat> so they hire uh, they hire Carroll Shelby, and, and he is a. a driver engineer he's a car designer uh played by matt damon gotcha and uh <coughs> matt damon then hires uh christian bale who is ken miles um to drive for him is that his real name ken miles it is actually his real name <laughs> even better ken miles was a tank driver in world war Two. Oh, really yeah um for for england um, oh, is he English? Yes. Okay. Uh, now this you would understand better than I do. He has a he has a definite accent, and I do not recall what part of England he's from. For Great Britain, he's from. Um, his accent is actually a little bit of a problem for me to pick up. Okay. In the movie, but it's still good. Um, <clears throat> so they're challenged with building a race car, a Ford race car. To beat the Ferrari, the Ferrari, so it becomes this kind of David versus Goliath. Though in truth, it's really more Goliath versus Goliath in a sense. Except that Ferrari's been winning these races and builds these fancy cars and all. Yeah, this isn't Model T days. This no, is, it's not. So it's, it's not like '66. It's not like Ford hadn't been around forever. And right, was a huge car company. Right, and in his in a in some ways, Ford wasn't probably putting a, a lot of money into racing before this. Right. Not as much as they did when they decided to go whole hog here. Um, and they they've built some devices in that if you do the if you do the research after the movie, you realize some of it wasn't true. Yeah. But a lot of it was true. And. Um, in my younger days, I liked cars, and I had a nice 57 Chevy, and so <clears throat> I have an interest in cars, and I've worked on cars a little bit, and uh, I think, though, if you don't like, if you don't necessarily like cars, you can still like this movie. Okay, uh, that was my question. What I had two was, yeah. is it a sports movie? And, in a sense, it's a sports movie. And then also... If you don't it's give a, competition. a crap about cars, does this movie matter? 
Um, I, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Good. I think so. I think it's still watchable. Um, the racing scenes are amazing. Cars just kind of blowing up, and uh, um, interesting to know in the filming of this that the race scenes, uh, where you see <clears throat> amazing things happen, you wonder how do they film that? Come on, is it CGI? It's not. Really? According to the people who made it, uh, the CGI is the only CGI is the crowds. Sure. Because they couldn't. Uh, they couldn't make the crowds. That's been happening for yeah. a long time. We can't right. hire that many people. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting to note that um, it is mostly, though, a, a movie about this relationship be- between these two guys, between uh, uh, between Shelby and Miles. Hmm. And so it's it... favorite part of the movie. Um. My favorite part of the movie is probably the relationship between the two guys, the two main characters. Do um, they know each other previously? They or? do know each other, and, and it's hard to tell at first whether they actually like each other or oh. not. They certainly respect each other. I think they've been friends before and maybe had a falling out. You see that in the previews where he goes to talk to the guy, and they get into a fist fight, and the wife... Um, <coughs> excuse me. And the wife, uh, played by uh, Katiana Balf. I'm not sure how you say her name. Uh, Balfe, I think. She's the woman who uh, did uh, Out- Outlanders. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, sorry to hesitate on that. I wasn't quite sure what the term was. Anyway, she she, she pulls out a chair and watches them fight. <laughs> and then takes them a cold drink. So it's it's so there's some tension, but they're yeah, old school tension men. between the two. But later on, the tension is between these two guys and the Ford Motor Company executives and things like yeah. that. Some of that, it turns out, is made up. Okay, that they were all pretty much headed for the same goal. There were some things, but not as much as shown in the movie. Right, but um, they're trying to win Lamas and. Le Mans and so it, it's it's a fun movie uh one of the things that I've <laughs> seen is that they show it on uh, IMAX it would be spooky cool to watch that on oh. IMAX because you'd see the cars all over right <coughs> so um is that where they got the term Le Mans for like the pregnancy breathing exercises because <laughs> like they're like during this That's race, during this race, it lasts twenty four hours, and your pregnancy is gonna your 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 child delivery is gonna last maybe twenty four hours, and you're gonna need to know how to breathe. Right. That's <laughs> not how it is. Not a good it's joke. It's Mons M A N S. But they race for twenty four hours. It's an ultimate test of equipment. Right. Um. And and driver. Right. Do they switch? Right. Well, and the dri- the interesting thing that I. Uh, thought about for a while is that ken miles was the main driver but there's a second driver and you never learn anything about him in a different car same car they take turns nobody really could drive no not not safely you can (laughs) yeah so he's on they have a team of drivers okay yeah that's interesting i was gonna see like 
who right. can drive as many laps then, until and they and pass and out. And then or... the <laughs> there are other Fords, too. Okay. The, the Ford team has sent like three sets of cars or more. Interesting. So, well, you sold it. I, I, I think I'd be interesting, interested in watching it. I, th- I've had, I had a hang up because I'm not a big sports guy, anyways. But right. I'm also, I'm very not interested in cars. Right. Um. But I think the two, the relationship, the between relationship the two, between the two guys sells, and them they're really great well. actors. They really are. And uh, uh, Christian Bale really nails this role. He lost like sixty pounds. He's to play a him. great actor. He really, really is, and and it's interesting because uh, Matt Damon, who I think is a terrific actor, he still seems to be Matt Damon. Yeah, you know, yeah. in most of his movies, he's got a kind of a almost a stereotype, not quite, but not quite. He's like a he's like, second level Tom Hanks. Yeah, he's no, got, that's exactly right. He's just kind of the everyman. Yeah. I, I, now Matt, Matt Damon can do a little bit more dark than Tom Hanks typically does, at least. Right. Uh, not that right, Tom Hanks could do it. Right, because nobody wants to see Tom Hanks do dark. Right, he could do dark Yeah, well, he can, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Matt Damon does seem to have a little more shiftiness to him. Right. But he does right. seem to play kind of the the good guy, the, yeah, the every man. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And he's trying to keep uh, Christian Bale's character from getting into trouble because he's kind of a hothead. And so. What would you rate Ford v. Ferrari? Well, you know, I probably have to go with a four. I think oh, that's good. It's certainly uh, something that's fun to watch. It's a it's a good movie. I think a four. I think a good solid four for me. Great, great. That leads me into my next movie. Oh boy, uh, <laughs> where there are accents. Ah. <laughs> Is you know how I love a good accent. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's good, but it's there. <laughs> this is a movie called Motherless Brooklyn. Okay, listen. I got something wrong with me. That's the first thing to know. I got threads in my heads. I got threads in my heads, man. I twitch and shout a lot. <laughs> Makes me look like a damn freak show. Can't you ever I'm cut so- that out? I'm sorry. Touch it, Bailey. I'm sorry. But inside my head's an even bigger mess. I can't stop twisting things around. Words and sounds especially. Have to keep playing with them until they come out right. Sorry. Jeez, forget I asked. Like I said, a damn mess. Then I started working for Frank. Frank Minna, Private Eye. Boys. Frank. Frankly, Frankly, Franco. He's the one who taught me how to use my head, turn it into a strength. He gave me a place in this crappy Written world. and directed by Edward Norton. Starring Edward Norton. Uh, this is a classic noir film. Uh-huh. It's a detective movie. Oh. Uh, set in the 40s. Right. Uh, when they're building Brooklyn, basically. Uh, well, they're not building Brooklyn. There is a guy named Moses Randolph who uh, is based on a real real estate tycoon. Uh, he's played by Alec Baldwin. Uh, very Alec Baldwin-y performance. And, Does uh, he look like our president? <laughs> nah, 
No, and it is it's, it's actually a detriment to the movie because he plays a very conservative, racist, political person in huh. this movie. Does that remind you of someone then? It does, yeah. and it's very... There's, does it take away from the movie? It, it, it actually does. It's It doesn't, it doesn't, because that character was there, and it's actually based on a real guy. Right. Um, and But the fact that he is so Trump-like... Mm-hmm. The character is so Trump-like, right? And this wasn't. I've I've listened to a few interviews with Edward Norton. He's been writing and rewriting the script for fifteen years. Right. So this happened so long really... before Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Happened, and right. he had Alec Baldwin picked for this person long before Trump was elected, or before he had ever been Trump on SNL. Right. Um, he was kind of picturing Baldwin as he wrote the dialogue for this guy because Alec Baldwin has that personality. He's been that way in a lot of his things. I think back to, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, that, that New York real estate guy, like that is Alec Baldwin in, in, in many cases. Hmm. So, but it does it to the film's detriment. It does kind of pull you out of the movie when Alec Baldwin is speaking because one, he sounds so very much like Trump. The character does, right? And uh, and two, it's Alec Baldwin who's been playing who's been... Trump on SNL, yeah, for the exactly. last four years almost, right? So it it was a little hard, but uh, he's actually not the main character of the movie. The mm. main character is Edward Norton, who is a detective who has undiagnosed Tourette's. It's it's clearly Tourette's but they don't call it Tourette's in the movies. This happens in the 40s. I don't know if Tourette's was a thing. He just he describes it as a thing with his mind where the pieces aren't there. And right. it's a little OCD compulsive. Uh, he's, there's a scene in the, in the trailer, I think, where he talks about how, like, he's talking to this beautiful girl in this car, but all, he's think, all he can think about is whether the bills in his wallet are in the right sequential order. Oh wow! And so it's it's like that, and he hears something. Somebody says something, and he has to say it until it sounds right to him. And there's scenes in the trailer where you can't see it on the podcast, obviously, but right. where he touches the person on the shoulder until it until it feels right. Uh, a little bit like Monk, only he, less comical. Less comical, more severe. Hmm. Um. It's a good performance. It's it is good. It's not making fun. It's not it's not taken lightly. He's he, Edward Norton takes acting very seriously. He's a right. tremendous actor. Um, he does this well. I'm not sure it was necessary for the character to have that. It's based on a book, and I'm sure in the book it reads a lot better, right? Uh, than it does portrayed on screen. Right. Uh, it's a little distracting on the screen. Um, but it's got a great cast. A little of that goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Willem Dafoe plays a character in this. Uh, also, I heard on this interview on NPR that Willem Dafoe was had signed up to be in the lighthouse. Uh, and so he was growing out the beard for filming. Oh, right. And when Edward Norton approached him, and Willem actually turned it down. Because he had 
already committed to the lighthouse and he was growing this beard and people in the forties didn't have beards. And so he, and that's why he turned it down. But Edward Norton said, well, actually your character is on the fringe already. He's already a fringe character, somewhat homeless. You actually think he's homeless when you first meet him. Um, so he said the beard would work out great, which worked really well because Willem Dafoe was great in this movie. Um, yeah. He's a great actor too. There... Is this movie is this the movie that has Bruce Willis in it? Yes, Bruce Willis. Okay. Bruce Willis is only in the movie for a few minutes. He's the character that gets offed in the first ten minutes. Uh, no spoiler there. Sorry if it is a spoiler, but he's the one who has is working on this secret top secret. Uh, detective there he's a detective right and edward norton works for him well he's working on this thing and he's about to crack it open when he dies when Uh, someone kills him and so that is what sends edward norton into this world of what's going on and it's classic it's classic detective movie where there's so many elements here and there and sounds interesting um it's not bad. I know I haven't really done a great job of selling it, and that's probably because overall I was a little disappointed. Mm. But it looks great. Uh, the the f- cinematography is very good. There's some really good performances in there. One of them is by Gugu Mbathara. Right. Uh, and she plays an activist. Uh, and it's really good she's really good in it uh she plays an activist that's involved in the mystery it ends up being a big kind of real estate mystery Mm. uh not so much who owns what but moses moses randolph i think that's his name alec baldwin's character is dealing in some shady real estate uh they're there's a lot of racism involved there. This is in the forties. So they're dealing with slums and they're kicking people out of their homes to knock them down and build city parks. Mm-hmm. And there's a twist where, well, maybe, maybe the Randolph character is actually getting kickbacks from the company that he owns that. Ah. So it's very twisted. It's in the final 10 minutes, everything becomes crystal clear. Ah. But, uh, but it's a fun watch. It's a fun ride. It's a fun watch. It's nothing spectacular. There's been the, there was a far better detective movie out earlier this year, which we've talked about actually. Right. Uh, Knives Out. If we we're going detective movies of the year, that wins hand over foot. But uh, is that the fra- is that the saying? Hand over fist. Hand over fist. Uh, <laughs> yes. I think I messed that one hand up over in your earlier. Foot would be <laughs> just, different. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and less comfortable but this is not a bad movie by any means it's just it just was not great uh i'm giving it a three and a half it's an interesting story and if you like detective movies which i do uh it's it's worth a watch for sure right well good so i think that takes us uh right into your number oh your number three yeah i'm ready to roll we're nailing it all right yeah how are we doing on time? Doing great. We're now, granted, we're gonna do maybe I'm gonna try and do some sort of short clip, but as of right now, we're doing we're right on the forty minute mark. Very good, very good. Well, let's continue then. The next movie I want to review this evening is called Dark Waters. 
almost heaven. West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains. Hi, Grammars. What are you doing here? <laughs> Your grandma tells me her grandson's some fancy environment lawyer down in Cincinnati. I am a corporate defense attorney. So? I defend chemical companies. Well, now you can defend me. How many did you lose? I am jealous. We, I, we weren't going to get time to talk for me to see this and then record it and get it out. So, right. you know, that's kind of why we're doing this anyways, because yeah. the end of the year is approaching. We've seen a lot of movies that we have. We haven't we want gotten, to comment on these movies. And, and, but uh, I really want to see this movie. So uh, don't spoil it. No spoiler? <laughs> you don't want to know that? Oh, just kidding. <laughs> so it sounds like you know a little bit about this movie already. Oh, I've seen the preview. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo. Well, Mark and, Ruffalo is a marvelous actor, in my opinion. And another in there that I truly love is Bill Camp. I think that's his name. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. You'll see in a little bit. Um, so it's it uh, it has Mark Ruffalo and Anne Hathaway. Who oh played, yeah, yeah. Anne Hathaway is a great actress. Feels like she's a little bit wasted in this role. Maybe not. I mean, I I guess I expect her to be in big roles. This is not a huge role. Uh, she is uh, well. The this. The gentleman's name is Robert Ballot, and he is a corporate lawyer, a defender of uh, big companies, big pharmaceutical companies and things like that. Uh, Anne Hathaway plays his wife, Sarah. and uh, But Bill Camp is uh, plays a gentleman named Wilbur Tennant. And Wilbur Tennant is a farmer who lives near... Uh, I'll try to keep this all straight here, but <laughs> he lives near the lawyer's grandmother. And the lawyer's grandmother says, hey, my grandson's a lawyer. So this Wilbur Tennant, who's a, who's a farmer, who runs a big, uh, um, must be more like a dairy than anything. He's got all sorts of cows, and, uh, and he, his cows have been dying, dying off in un- unimaginable terms he lost over a hundred cows wow so uh he goes to this lawyer and says you know your grandmother said you're a good lawyer he said well i you know you see this in the previews well, I, I i defend companies like this he said well now you can defend me and uh and then there they go he brings him evidence of uh of something's wrong with the land and so uh, the story is that this this uh, Ruffalo's character says, "Well, maybe I'll just do this kind of almost maybe as a as a favor to his grandma." He goes and talks to this guy, and he sees there's damage. The guy's got videotapes of uh, these cows acting crazy, uh, and uh, he, he swears it's. Uh, it's in the soil or in the water actually dupont the chemical company has a big company just downstream from where he is and so the battle becomes 
it is DuPont responsible for what's going on with his cattle? Right. And so he's set out to defend or to uh, to represent this uh, the the Bill Camp's character, Mister Tennant. And um, at the first, uh, there's a, Tim Robbins plays a guy named Tom Turp, which sounds like a made-up name, but <laughs> a real person. Uh, he is he's he is uh, Ruffalo's. Uh, it's his immediate boss. Okay. And so uh, he gets permission to at least look into it. Well, look, just make this surgical. Don't, we don't want this. We don't want to take on DuPont. So he goes there. Well, he, he finds out that it's as bad as he thinks. And so he, he asks for uh, information. And at first, DuPont is like, oh, sure. You know, we'll, we'll look into this for you. Sure. And then when they realize what's going on, they flood him with information so much that as a as a single lawyer he he takes forever to go through it to find things but right. he finds something Ooh. so then it becomes a battle it's hard to uh, hard to tell you a lot more about the movie without giving some of it away okay. so we'll try not to do that but uh the the tenant character is already sick Mm. And so this is this movie takes place over. Oh my goodness, maybe a dozen years or more. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and so it's this, uh, it's this constant battle to get information and to discover what's really going on, and to go after Dupont, and then uh, the the lead, uh, Phil Donnelly, who is one of the leaders of uh, Dupont. Uh, is played by Victor Garber. Great. Yeah, I like him. Except he's one other one who always who always looks the same, always acts the same to yep. me. Yeah, for sure. He's got a, definitely a typecast, yeah. but it, it fits this character pretty well. So um, he is an alias, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's a battle between these guys to figure out what's going on and 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 they've dupont has created a a chemical that they used on tanks to make them stronger and more resistant and now they're using it in like pots and pans and stuff and they're manufacturing this stuff downstream from these folks and, and they're then, dumping yeah they're dumping it in the water right and it's making both people and animals sick. Right. And so, but Dupont, of course, doesn't want to do anything. Uh, they right, and they've got the money to not. Right. No, that's exactly right. So it's David versus Goliath in this case. And this is a and true it really David, is versus, David Goliath. versus Goliath. And it takes him years and years to get to the bottom of it. All right. So it's a true story. It is a true story. Did you look uh, it up? I did look it up. Um, and it looks to be very accurate. And because it is, it's also a little scary. Right. To think of all the things that are out there that are not regulated. Because this this stuff that was causing this is unregulated at the time. Has it so, been regulated since? Oh, yeah. And is DuPont the actual name 
of the actual company? Yes. Okay. So yeah. all the people in there are representing real They're life representing people. real people, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Now, yeah. a question. Is this mostly a courtroom movie or is it mostly an investigation uh, it's movie? A, almost none of it is in the courtroom. It's more investigative, uh, looking through files and talking to people and how and the it, the the problem I think you might have with it is there's a lot of I don't know maybe maybe you won't there's a lot of uh, text time there's a lot of text on there that tells you how long it is in between things but part of that is a um, a vehicle to help you realize just how very very long this stuff took sure and in the meantime the guy's taking this on a percentage basis he's getting his hours cut at work or his his pay cut at work because they can't afford to have him just doing this crusading thing he's getting pressure from people not to and and the people who are suing from the town who are sick then then dupont is punishing the town right and so all, all the things you might expect from a big very chemical twisty. giant are going on. So it's very, um, it, it's up to date, I guess. Right. And and the things that happen in our uh, in our world. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it's really a great movie. Hmm. Uh, Ruffalo's performance is is uh, very good. Anne Hathaway seems kind of wasted, and your and your buddy uh, Bill Camp. Now, <clears throat> I don't know what he's normally like because I, I can't think of what else I've seen him in, but he's supposed to play this gruff farmer, you know. And a little bit of that for me, goes a long way mm. because they make him out to be this total, uh, at least in my opinion, they make him out because of the way he talks. Uh, it's not like he has a big West Virginia accent or something like that, but he's gruff and grumpy all the time. And it's, in my opinion, just a little over the top. Okay. Um, I'll disagree with you without even seeing it. <laughs> well, you know, it'll be interesting because I think you will see this one. I will, It's still yeah. current, and I'm, I'll am i be interested to see what your take is. But he seemed to be overacting. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Overplaying the grumpy old farmer. Now, he's it, actually, he's pretty grumpy in most of the movies he's in. Oh, is he really? Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe he's a typecast, too. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe that's how he really was. I, I recently uh, saw a movie, uh, and and you and I talked about the movie. Don't remember what it was, but said this guy was doing this and this, and he, it turned out that's exactly how the guy was in real life. So maybe this is the same. Sure. But yeah, I. I'm going to have to call this, I think, at this point, a three and a half. Okay. For rating. Any questions come to mind? Can I spoil it for you? 
No, I think he did a good job. All right. I'm interested. I'm still interested. Yeah. Uh, it is worth seeing. Mark Ruffalo really sealed his fate in my books of uh, of judgment. Ironically, in an investigative journalist role in Spotlight. Oh, right. Uh, another movie where it's kind of the little guy against the big guy. Yeah. Boston Globe against right, the Catholic right. Church. Uh, and so seeing this is like a, you know, Spotlight 2.0 or whatever. Huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Spotlight was one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years. Um, yeah. And you might like this better than I did. I might, yeah. I liked it. I liked it okay. I thought it was a little disturbing to think about. Well, that's right up my alley. Yeah. Speaking of disturbing, I think this is also funny because you don't know what I'm going to rate my next movie, but we have both recommended three movies. Right. You gave a three and a half, a four, and a five. Right. And I've given a three and a half and a four. Uh Uh-oh. And I'm about to give a five. You are. I'm going to rate this first. The movie is... Bong Joon Ho's Parasite. Are you making this up? No. (laughs) (laughs) Bong Joon-ho, I would like to apologize, first of all, because I'm going to butcher these names, but I want to say them because they deserve credit. Fair enough. They, uh, this is a Korean film from a Korean filmmaker. Uh, he has done. I've seen two of his other movies. There's a third one that's very popular called The Host that I have not seen, hmm. but I saw Okja, which should be available on Netflix about a giant super pig, and a uh, a giant what super pig? That's what they call him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's me after Thanksgiving. <laughs> no. It's like a hippo pig. Oh. Uh, that movie's insane. I actually, uh, I re- we reviewed Okja on the show uh, y- before your time. Right. right. Uh, you can go back into our archives and listen to that movie. That movie is wild. Huh. Uh, and then the other movie he did that was much more seen in the U.S., Snowpiercer with Chris Evans. Uh, about this, it's a based on a comic book kind of, but it's about this train that circles the dead Earth. Like all the only people living on Earth are alive on this train. Well, that sounds. And the train has this class system where they've got the people in the back who are working oh, the train, right. and there, there's this big revolution to get to the front of the train, which yeah. is like first class, but like posh, like to the T, first class. Huh. They've got everything in first class and they have nothing in the in the caboose 
it's a bunch of poor, dead people, basically, just right. barely surviving. Just barely But they're surviving. On. Right. And in the front, they've got violin concertos going on, and they're eating like <laughs> kings. Well, that sounds very um, it's a, interesting. It's a movie about a train, and it's a ride. Uh, <laughs> I loved Snowpiercer on the first view. On the second view, I did not love it as much. It, I don't know what it was about like huh. the first viewing versus the second viewing. But I never, I never rate movies based on rewatchability. Right. That being said, Parasite is his new movie. It's getting tons of Oscar buzz. Uh, it might be. Is it in theaters? It now? is in theaters right now. It's at Salem Cinema, the Art House Theater ah. in Salem. Don't know when this actually airs. If it will still be there. Right. But right. Uh, I walked in having seen the preview, and it was one of those previews that you're like. This looks interesting, and I have no idea what the movie's about. <laughs> uh, the movie is about a family, a mom and a dad and two children, a boy and a girl. And again, I am super sorry if I butcher these names. And Well, I forgive you. I don't know if our listeners will. From my, my basic research, I guess the names are read as last name, like the family name first. Ah. So... Again, this is probably inaccurate, but my understanding is Bong is the family name and Jun Ho is his first name. Uh. But it it's read as Bong Jun Ho. So I'm going to do my best. But the dad is played by Song Kang Ho. And he, this family is very poor. They're living in, the, in a slum in a basement, dirty apartment underneath this crazy populated town in Korea. Um He's unemployed. They're basically, uh, they're folding pizza boxes, folding pizza boxes for a living. Mm. Um, the the street sweepers come by, uh, like spraying for for bugs. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, we should close the windows." And he's like, "No, leave it open. It's free extermination because there's bugs all over their apartment." And oh. so they're it's it's very sad. It's squalor. The definition is squalor. They live outside this pub, underneath this pub, and you've got bums that are peeing on their wall. Like it's 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 despicable circumstances. It's one of those where you watch it and you're just like, it's sad because you know that people really live people really live that, like that way, yeah. and it's sad. Yeah. The mom is Jang Haijin. Again, sorry about the names. <laughs> and uh, I'll just get through this real quick. The son is played by Choi Woo-sik. And the daughter is Park So-dam. Uh, and the son has a friend who's a little bit more wealthy. And he is going away. But he has a job as a mentor. An English tutor for this super rich family. Right. And so he tells his friend, hey, you should sub in for me as I go abroad and teach this girl English. And he's like, I don't have any credentials. He's like, just fake it. Like they're rich. They don't care. Uh, they, they're doing it more for status as opposed to actual. Uh, so they don't really care if she learns. They don't English. really care. Right. As more, it seems to be more for the appearance. I have a, I have a tutor kind of. Yeah. 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 Oh, our daughter's English tutors here, you know, kind of that right. way. I don't right. think they, they don't pay much attention. They seem the parents of this rich family seem very off in their own little world. Right. Uh, 
they have a s- and they're all Korean. Yes, it's it's mm-hmm. in Korean. It's subtitled. It's a Korean film. Right. Uh, subtitled in English, spoken Korean. So he takes on this job as this tutor, and he tutors. And the next thing you know, the the mom mentions that her son is a brilliant artist, and he goes, "Oh well, I have an I have a I know a person who's in who went to art school in Chicago, uh, in America." And so next thing you know, he gets his sister a job as the art tutor for the right. younger son. Now, granted, they pretend like they don't they aren't brother and sister. They, right, cuz that would be Right. It, yeah, yeah. It would become clear at this point. Right. And you know, there's a driver position that the son and daughter think, "You know what? We have an unemployed father who could take a driving position so they form a scheme to get the dad the driving position for this family right and then uh there's a housekeeper in the house as well so they form another scheme to get their mom a job in this family (laughs) and so the next thing you know all four of this family is basically living at the palm of these super rich people's house interesting and and you're like, okay, that's where the movie goes. And then it goes, oh, wait. You must not have seen the rest of my movies because this is about to go way off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> and there's an underground basement, and there is mayhem. This movie is insane. I can't give you enough of a recommendation of how crazy this movie is now dougie i do not think you will like this movie this movie is dark and it goes to some dark places but the ride it takes you on is thrilling there were i saw this with my friend jacob uh i was laughing in it because it is funny and it's played for laughs it's it's a funny it's it's meant to be funny is it a comedy I don't know. <laughs> there are jokes in it that are meant to be laughed at. And there is horror in it. And there were genuine cover my mouth, did not see that coming gasps in this movie. Like I reacted to this movie more than I've reacted to almost any other movie. Like just with my heart was racing. I was shocked in moments. I was laughing in moments. I was emotional in moments this movie hits the whole realm i i cannot recommend this to you specifically (laughs) (laughs) but if you are into crazy wild rides i cannot recommend this more interesting i loved this movie the performances by everyone were on par there is two characters that don't play big roles that are kind of necessary to the film. Uh, the daughter is one, mm-hmm. the one who's getting taught English. Right. She plays a, a, a key role because without her, there is no story. Right. right. But it's it's it sounds kind of like your assumption of Anne Hathaway. Like it's just not an important role to the family or to the movie, right. except for the fact that she needed to be there to be taught English. Right. Um. The same thing with the son. The son is a little off. He's a little, a little genius, you might say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the the dad of the family is the of the rich family 
is he's he's very important to the movie, but he doesn't get a lot to do. Right. But uh, the mom and dad, the the mom and dad who are basically imposters, they stole the show for me. I'd say the son and daughter are the protagonists. Like it's really their story. But the mom and dad really took the movie for me. I uh. loved them in it. The dad specifically, so funny. Uh, compelling. Like I said, I I teared up a little bit. I gasped. My heart was racing. I love this movie. Is it bloody? Yes. Ah. In in parts, in small amounts. There's lots of blood. <laughs> it's, it's one of those where you like, oh, I didn't see that guy. Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> uh, huh. You did not see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, correct? Or did you? I did. You, we watched it together. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit like the end of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Not oh. as overdone. Not I, as I, overdone? Yeah, not as over the top. Uh, Quentin good. Tarantino is over the top. Yeah. This is not over the top, but it is equally shocking. But mm. it's equally shocking because it's done so well and not over the top. That it's that it's more realistic. Right. It's And it's, it's necessary to the story as opposed to the Quentin Tarantino Oh, no, you gave me that. You gave me the one eyebrow. Oh, it's necessary <laughs> to the story. Uh, it's an eyebrow raise. <laughs> yeah. They can't see that on the podcast. No, but they can't. I announced it. But you can. Yes, it is. It, it's necessary to the story. Uh, uh, if it wasn't in there, the, the impact wouldn't be as as big. Like, it, it's, it's not. Does it have a satisfying ending, or is it, do you have to think about it a few days and make up your own ending? <sighs> No, it yes and no. The movie ends with a plan. The son ends the movie by saying, I have a plan. But part of the whole movie is about the fact that plans don't work out. When you make plans, they don't work. Uh, and I don't want to get too much into the details because it is no. such a wild ride. But yeah. and so it ends in the way where you go, oh, that's never gonna, that's never gonna work. Huh. But and and there's no there's no absolute resolution if that's what you mean. Definitely not. But uh, it ends definitely satisfying. Where you, it is satisfying. Yes, you okay, want to see the sequel. You want to see what happens oh. next. I loved it. I cannot praise this movie highly enough. Do you think there'll be a sequel? No. Well, no, absolutely not. There's nothing there for a sequel, except for the fact that you want to know exactly what happens at the <laughs> end. Uh, it, I I loved it. I just it was it was tremendous. Uh, so it's a five. It's a five. That's absolutely a five, and it is battling hard for my six pack of the year so oh. far. It is. I was interesting. I think part of it was is. The other two Bong Joon-ho movies I've seen, I, I enjoyed and I liked kind of the direction he was going. Right. But I wasn't as wowed. And so I think my expectations were a little bit lower here, huh. especially with the vague preview that I was just kind of like, I don't know what I'm getting into, <laughs> but I hope it's good. And having it be so good, it's probably elevating my like love for it. But yeah. I saw it, I don't know, probably a week ago now, and I'm still like, Still thinking about I'm it. I'm still loving it. Like, ah, well, that's good. 
Well, who would you recommend it for? People who like Jacob. People, <laughs> yes, Jacob. <laughs> people who like movies that are shocking. Uh, uh, not just in the violence. It's, right. it's not actually particularly violent, although there are a few scenes. Um, people who like surprises in movies that are. Right. And and don't mind movies going into a dark place. Like that's who I'd recommend it to. Uh and masterfully shot. This movie looks amazing. Hmm. It looks dirty and grungy when it's supposed to, and it looks immaculate when it's supposed to. It's interesting. It's shot very well. There's some brilliant camera work in it. Uh and the characters are so real too. Like, uh, they're so they're desperate, but then when they're acting, like you can tell they're all pretending to be these people, but right. they're not. And huh. there's some elements of it which I won't go into that are just mind-blowingly consistent. You know how like there are things that kind of play a part here, a small bit, and you're like, I wonder where they're going with that, and they yeah. never go places. Right. Well, at the end here, it they all it they all, all ties places. up and it's ah. all important. It's masterfully made. It's uh, by far something you should watch. Not you. You'll hate it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fair enough. That's Parasite. Five stars, baby. Woo! Woo! Love that. I can't wait to watch it again. I can't wait to make Jordan watch it because I think she's gonna be like, what? <laughs> did you make me watch <laughs> well good that was it Dougie that was our six movies well we yeah six with movies. uh with all the clips and the credits and everything we're gonna be a little bit over uh a little bit over an hour but not bad not bad and I think the content is worth it and you know yeah we watch six movies, and we can recommend them all, really. Absolutely. You know, we didn't have any. Yeah, don't waste your money on that one. I, I, here, let's, I'll throw in a seventh one just because you said that. Okay. Do not watch The Fanatic with John Travolta, available on Amazon Prime. Garbage. <laughs> I've already forgotten. It's garbage. <laughs> huh. uh, Fair enough. Do you want to rate it? I will rate it a half a star. Ooh. It's my new worst movie of the year. Well, uh, there you go. It's got to be a worst. I didn't. Although in our in our year ender, we don't really do the worst. No, movie. there's no. no sense in 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 harping a on a horse. movie that's bad. Like you know, right. a lot of people went into a lot of trouble and and put a lot of passion into making a movie, and just right. because it didn't hit us right doesn't mean we have to to harp on it and make That's it worse. That's true. Right. We don't like to be negative. No, and much. and you yeah. know, I don't like to be negative on films that I don't enjoy cuz cuz I do know like you know, like if someone put our podcast at the end at the worst movie podcasts in the world, which it might be. Which it might be. And honestly, completely fair for someone to think that it's the worst podcast and that's their opinion and it's completely sure. fine. But I don't want to be on somebody's end of the year worst right, list. I don't want to like, meet them either. <laughs> uh, you know, like so I don't I don't want to put it there, but man, this I didn't think a movie could be worse than Beach Bum. And this one <laughs> beat it hand hand over fist. Yeah. 
to do a little throwback. But yeah, yeah. So there we go. There's a movie you can avoid. Well, that sounds good. All right. Well, that's it for me, Dougie. Yep, me too. One Brew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is created and hosted by Kevin and Doug Zane. Follow our social media on Twitter at One Brew Over for Kevin and at The Old Man and Da Brew for Doug. Keep up with the podcast on Instagram at One Brew Over. Email your feedback to onebrewover at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy the show, leave a review and tell a friend. Sound bites and trailers for films are taken from YouTube and do not belong to this podcast. All original music is written and recorded by Kevin Zaid. For archival episodes and more, go to www.onebrewover.com. And thanks for listening to One Brew Over the Cuckoo's Nest.